0: Hi, welcome to the Court of Owlets. I'm V, and today is a very special day because it is my birthday. It's cat day. So we're gonna talk about Catwoman, <laughs> we're gonna mention some other cats, and uh, have a good time. I'm joined by Joe. Hello. And Muse. Hello. And Diana is somewhere around here. <laughs> you may or may not hear some soft Muse, but she is trying to, <gasps> is that what you're called Muse? No, that can't be it. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the Catwoman 80th Anniversary 100-page super spectacular. So, Joe, do you want to start us off by telling us which of the stories in this super spectacular you liked the most?
1: Um, I wouldn't really use the word like or the <laughs> most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be really honest. I didn't enjoy this at all, and I was really bummed out after reading it. I was looking so forward to it. I bought every single variant of this comic. (laughs) I was so pumped because I wasn't even really excited about reading Catwoman until V introduced it to me. I read it and I hated it. I really couldn't even find one that I truly enjoyed at least above a 5 out of 10. I will say, I know that we all agree at least... On the top three stories, we have our own little list. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking about one of those, which is the Paul Dini one. It's the first one that you read in the Catwoman called Skin the Cat. Mm -hmm. The art is by Emanuela Lupacino. It was okay. It felt like a standard Catwoman story. I'm not really used to Catwoman still. So I can't really speak about, oh, you know, this is how she's kind of always been written. I've read a couple issues from Nightfall, and I've been reading the Joel Jones comics. That's as much as I know about Catwoman's written history. But yeah, she's heard about this kidnapping of exotic animals from a fundraiser that she funded herself, and she went to go find out what happened to these lions and tigers. Oh, my. <laughs> she gets led to this warehouse. She sees all these giant cats uh, taxidermied, where she then meets the enemy of this story, the taxidermist. It turns out that she knew it was the taxidermist all along that has actually tried to kidnap Catwoman herself mm-hmm. and add her to his collection of cats and turn her into a giant taxidermy.
0: Also gross. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And she actually brought along with her some pretty big cats to take out the taxidermist who (laughs) ends up dead at the end of the story. We can assume from the blood seeping out of his skull as he hit the floor.
0: You could still be all right. You could.
2: (laughs) Severe brain damage.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, even that, like, you could tell I was not very excited. Like, Paul Dini, I really like his writing. I loved the 90s Batman I loved the 90s Batman comics, but it wasn't good. And I also really am not a fan of Catwoman murdering. I had to ask V to double check if, like, how often Catwoman murders, and it's not much. This seems like one of those, like, well, technically the cats did it, so I'm kind of hands-free on this. (laughs)
0: It's kind of that thing though. Like if Catwoman dropped a guy to his death, she would reach over and grab him. Mm -hmm. I think there was an Anasenti story. Now that you're reminding me of it, there's a story of Mister Handsome. I think I showed you this one before. It was. It made me laugh. It was like a prequel kind of thing. He kidnaps Catwoman. He tricks her into trying to steal something from him. She gets in trouble. And Batman and Catwoman. This is when they first met each other. Like they don't know each other that well. So they're still kind of like feeling each other out. She gets kidnapped by this guy who is famously handsome and he's obsessed with beautiful stuff. He's been planning this for a while. So Batman has to like intervene and he tells Catwoman, I think you're one of the beautiful things he's trying to add to his collection. And she's just like, oh my gosh. You've never dated a woman before, have you? (laughs) But it's so cute. So then basically, she leaves Mr. Handsome in a room with a beast that had been put down there as like a Beauty and the Beast type thing where they were like, oh, you're going to be eaten by a beast, beauty. And so she leaves her kidnapper in the room with the beast and Batman's like, where is he? And she's like, oh, he's in that room. And then Batman runs in and he's like, oh my god. You just hear Batman shout and she's just smiling because there's a man being mauled in the other room. So like technically he didn't (laughs) die, but there was something so gruesome happening in there that Batman was upset. So (laughs) it's kind of a similar vibe. Like this story, I feel like it's been told a couple times Mm -hmm. where someone is like, Catwoman, I was trapping you because I wanted to keep you here with me forever.
1: I feel like that was also in the 90s cartoon, except they turned her into a cat. (gasps) Yes! taxidermy.
0: Yeah, that guy he wanted like yeah, her to be a mate for island. this mutant cat yeah that was messed up
1: <laughs> I wonder if that was also written by Paul Dini and then I'm just kinda... 100% sure <laughs> it
0: was yeah so I feel like he didn't have a new story to tell but he just went with it fine it was a fine story
1: compared to a couple of the others it was one of the more tolerable ones yeah I will
0: agree with that I have to agree none of these stories actually like rocked my world no oh, no
2: In a bad way, yes. There was a lot of cringe.
0: Before we get into all the cringe, tell me what your favorite one was.
2: Okay, my favorite one was Born to Kiln. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many puns and well-done mm-hmm. titles, as you'll see later. They put so much thought into the titles and barely any thought to the actual story or substance of those things. But Chuck Dixon actually did, I think, put a lot of thought into his a bit more. Very well-written Catwoman's story. It was just her going after a jewel. As per usual, it was a MacGuffin, had no plot relevance except, oh, she runs into Clayface and tries to get away from him while in this boat and manages to trap him and have him dry out and walks away with her emerald that she Mm. wanted. It had a similar vibe in its simplicity and execution to the Nightwing story in the Robin 80th. It was just kind of there. It was a really good showcase of her character, especially Mm -hmm. from Chuck Dixon's point of view because he was one of the biggest writers during the 90s. I know he definitely wrote her a couple of times when it came to, like, Batman and Robin and stuff and Nightwing. Did write
1: her title as well. He did, okay. Yeah, one of my favorite Catwoman issues is written by Chuck Dixon where she was doing uh, another theft type of thing but on an island movie set. And I will say that his... Writing really didn't change much and I really liked the story for it.
2: It was really solid. It didn't really deviate much from what he saw Catwoman as and I think that was the only good thing about this because uh, (laughs) Kelly Jones was the artist and can't draw to save their life. I'm sorry. Catwoman's breasts are going in two different directions as she's running they change size her (laughs) hips are swollen it's like the curves are all wrong she's so overly curvy I was like did Chuck Dixon pick Kelly Jones to draw (laughs) this? I think so because
0: Kelly Jones is kind of a veteran he's done work on Batman but he also did the Sandman so he's done a lot of work and I recognize his name
2: The only good thing drawn about this was Clayface. Clayface was excellently drawn. The backgrounds were excellently drawn. Catwoman looked like she was Gumby.
1: Do you think it could also be because of the coloring and the inking from uh, Danny, Mickey, and Steve O'Leaf?
0: The coloring didn't do it any favors. It was it overly didn't. smooth and he could have deleted some of the lines because at one point Catwoman's entire bottom of her face is missing and goes into her neck. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's the
0: front page. Yeah, it's the first page.
2: I was just so distracted by the hurdle leaping stride <laughs> and her breast flopping in the wind. Like, does she not yeah. wear a bra?
0: This one doesn't just not wear a bra, but I don't think she even has boobs. I think she's putting like different objects into her suit to replicate boobs. And they're moving around a lot. Some of them are not staying in there. Some of them might be slipping down her chest and uh, dissolving on one side at certain points. It's all over the place. It's crazy. Her face grows and shrinks. Her shoulders yep. grow and shrink. Her knees grow and shrink, like to the point where they're bigger than her head. Her butt is gone. Like in every shot she has a weird raisin butt and (laughs) big ol' hips. So yeah. She's wide, not thick.
2: Yeah, she's got them birthing hips.
0: That birth canal is open for business, but like (laughs) the (laughs) she looks like she has had several children, but I don't see any like shape on like sideways on, and so it's a little strange. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that it's just also, too, I realize that I haven't seen Kelly Jones draw a lot of women. I know there are women in Sandman. I know there are. I just... I also know, like, the art style is really rough. And so, like, I agree with Joe. I think it probably a little bit of it is the colorist because I've never seen it colored like this, you know, where you have something mm-hmm. that rough. It seems very
1: off-putting, like mm-hmm. um, incomplete almost. Kind of like when we were talking about Black Cat a couple issues ago. Yeah,
0: a little bit. This is worse. Mm-hmm. This is one of the worst yeah. things I've seen this year, which is unfortunate because, once again, Chuck Dixon. Yeah. What a guy.
1: He got let down with the Robin 80th and now again with the Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a good story, though. It's classic. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Clayface is a formidable villain and definitely a little bit outside of Catwoman's weight class, so it's fun mm-hmm. to see her take on someone a little bit bigger. Unlike what is happening in the current Catwoman run with the Dust Bunnies, where she struggled to take on two women in their underwear who were just going around robbing houses. Like, I... Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay, moving on. <laughs> this 80th had 10 stories, and we kind of rated them in terms of best to worst... I think we kind of relish the bad stuff. Yeah. We kind of already started with the best. So I'm going to go with mine. Addicted to Trouble was probably my favorite, which was the surprise. Because if you've listened to me on this rant about anything, I love Paul Dini. I love the Batman the Animated Series. I love his work on the sirens. Top-notch guy. I will follow that man into any new story he writes. Chuck Dixon, classic hero of the people. What a great Catwoman writer. B is a new face on the scene, and I've been a little skeptical of him ever since his (laughs) cha-cha-cha Catwoman issue. But he wrote this one called Addicted to Trouble, and it's about Catwoman's journey back to Gotham with her sister after the fallout in um, Villaramosa. So she's going back to... Gotham, and they're having all these misadventures along the way. And there's a moment where she just gets frustrated. She goes out of her way to have sort of a bar fight with a bunch of guys. And when she's in danger, her sister, who has been unresponsive and Selena believes hates her guts and just will not forgive her, joins in in the fight. She gets out of her chair and she starts fighting alongside her sister. And then when they get out of it, her sister seems still angry with her. And she kind of has this whole monologue going, which is a really good monologue. There's that smile and then the laughter and they've forgiven each other and they have this moment where they steal a cop car and go to the edges of Gotham. And you can see the Gotham skylight as they sit on the building. These two have been at odds for well over 10 years now, since Black Mask went after her to get to Catwoman. Since before Darkest Night in Sirens when she took on this evil nun caricature, it's amazing to finally get that moment where you see Maggie coming back to life and not being this tragic figure and like maybe she's mm. gonna get well and it was done in such a like a sweet sort of quiet way I really really loved this story
2: mean, it definitely shows how Ramvi's Catwoman run is going to be which think. God.
0: <laughs> He's calmed <laughs> down a bit since there's his cha 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 days. <laughs>
2: well, it was because it was just like a little issue. It didn't really matter. It was just fun. Right. The only thing I will say that irked me about this, it's a very minor thing. Because yes, it is Selena telling her story to her friend back in Gotham, but a lot of like the thought bubbles and that stuff like the I said this or he said that popped up and I was like you don't need to do that every (laughs) time you can just cut that off and make it seem like you're saying and then he said this while you're talking to your friend you don't need that that was the only thing that made me go like Mm -hmm. it's like I'm reading like a children's book
0: that's a really valid criticism. Yeah,
1: that was my thing too. Like, I am definitely curious to see how Ram V's writing is because I know that he is also doing Justice League Dark uh, along with Catwoman. The Catwoman issue 25 that Ram V will be starting comes out some point in September.
0: So I gotta say, looking back at this story, Fernando Blanco, I was expecting it to be just the worst <laughs> Mm-hmm. and it's actually good he puts in at the time he puts in backgrounds i mean it might be a little bit rough in places but it's actually a lot better and it's definitely serviceable like it doesn't take away from the story at all so we had like a top four were like the good stories and then after that they all kind of peter off into like and i wouldn't even say the good stories because you guys didn't really like them that much mm-hmm. but they were okay Okay, so then there were two more on deck that were like almost good. The Art of Picking a Lock by Ed Brubaker and Cameron Stewart and The Catwoman of Earth by Jeff Parker and Jonathan Case. So, The Art of Picking a Lock. So Catwoman, she reminisces about being a child in mm-hmm. a strict orphanage where she got put in solitary for 3 days for kissing a boy.
2: I enjoyed kind of like the concept of this one. Same with the Catwoman of Earth. Mm-hmm. Like it started out really interesting, just her talking about her life. And it was like, oh, okay, she got sent to a home. And there's where she kind of learned a lot of her lock picking and sleight of hand stuff. But then, of course, they had to throw this stupid contrived story of <laughs> I got sent to solitary for kissing a boy. And then I broke out of solitary to go see him in the hospital wing because he got beat up.
0: Yeah, like boys don't get punished for kissing girls, but girls get punished for kissing yeah. boys.
2: You could have had a completely different reason for Selena getting thrown into solitary instead of a boy.
0: Ed, honey, like you wrote Catwoman for years. Why would you do this? Yeah, well, where did where did this forced fake feminism come from?
2: <laughs> that forced fake feminism is. Probably my biggest irk about a lot of these yeah. stories. But I did like how it ended with her jumping in and rescuing.
0: Slam Bradley, the OG detective of Detective Comics.
2: And used her lot picking skills to get him out. And the conversation on The Pier was kind of cute. And the art was actually really solid.
0: Mm-hmm. Cameron Stewart mm-hmm. is a good artist.
2: Can we switch Cameron Stewart and whoever <laughs> did the art for Chuck Dixon? And that would have been like,
0: whoosh, just... Yeah. I will
1: say I was also a fan of the font style for the inner monologuing mm-hmm. with the script writing.
0: And I have to say, I loved the monologue. For the most part, that took me out of the story when you have her going back. But, like, she's talking about how much she loves picking locks. She's saying like that first click, man. <laughs> like you feel like you're in a bar listening to someone like Yeah. That first click. Ah, that feels good. And she's saying this as she's diving underwater, releasing slam from a trunk. <laughs> he was written so well. He was totally in character. He's just I liked done him. I like Tolly. <laughs> yeah, she's just like He sees the, the Holly, who's like a teenager, he's like, You got a cigarette? <laughs> she's like, I don't no. do those anymore. <laughs> oh damn. I could have used a cigarette tonight or something like that. (laughs) It was was very cute. Whenever Slam Bradley's on the page, everything gets ten times more adorable. I don't know why. It's just, (laughs) you know that, like, film noir detective with a heart of gold who's got a soft spot for all the nice people? It's just a cutie. So, I liked him. (laughs) Well, it's just like seeing a guest star in, like, one of your favorite comics, you know? (laughs) But he's, like, a super rare one. Like, you never see him.
1: I'm trying to think, like, what to even compare it to? I guess it's kind of like if you're reading like a Nightwing comic and then Superman shows up.
0: Yeah. Maybe for you. <laughs> I don't really, I don't see Superman go, oh, it's you, the most popular superhero who's saturating everything these days. Wow. Oh, I mean, like, because
1: Nightwing really <laughs> looks up to the, the oh, Superman. Oh, yeah. That's so true. he has that special relationship with him. That's He's true. another you're father
2: right. figure to him.
0: Mm -hmm. honestly if i could have seen wildcat show up in one of these i would have been pumped too (laughs) yes let's just get all selena's old flames in here why not So uh, there was that one. And then there was this amazing concept of what if we did a comic about Julie Newmar in The Catwoman of Earth by Jeff Parker and Jonathan Case. And Jeff Parker is a great pulpy writer. Jonathan Case is a great pulpy artist. So this should have been a slam dunk. Yeah.
1: It got me in the first half, not gonna lie. (laughs) And then I turned to page three and I was just... Completely gone.
2: Yeah,
1: I was looking so forward to this because I'm like, "Awesome, this is 60s Batman. Maybe we'll see like an Adam West thing." Oh
0: man, yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden, this UFO comes out of nowhere, and idiocracy.
0: It got real stupid real fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could still have done aliens, honestly, and I wouldn't have like batted an eye, but. Mm-hmm. They did this weird thing where it's like, have you ever seen Monsters vs. Aliens?
1: I only saw the trailers for it, but I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I could hear it in that Rain Wilson voice. <laughs> like They're just like, <laughs> silence, Earthling. We are superior beings. Don't you know that women aren't allowed to speak unless spoken to by their betters, men? She, like, looks over at the woman, and the woman's like, Yes, it's true. We must never speak unless spoken to. I'm telling this out of order, but she's like, I'm the champion of Earth. And she fights them, and and the fight scene's kind of adorable because she is wearing that old-timey cat suit. She's climbing up in trees in her stilettos. She's breaking things and stealing guns and shooting them, and ends pretty fast, but it culminates in her beating up everyone except for the girl. and then everyone at the science fair tries to give her their jewelry for thanking her for saving the earth. and she's like, "No, no, I don't want this. It's no fun if it's not stolen. Keep your jewelry." <laughs> and I was like, I,
2: I love that line though. like it's it was great. It's very Stacy's catwoman. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because she's just in it for the fun. She's just having a good time. And she's like, this isn't fun, though. There's no sport in it. And then she's like, and besides, I'm about to get arrested. The police are here. I'm just going to get out next week and do it again. (laughs) So, but then the alien girl's like, "Um, I have a flying saucer. Do you want to go with me? And she's like okay. And they get in she's like, let's go here. And she's like, Europe? Oh yeah, let's do that. And then they just go off on a girl's trip because that's how ladies are. They all get along, even if they're not the same species. Or somehow speak the same language.
2: Exactly. But this art was actually great. I love the colors. It was very vibrant. Mm -hmm. Probably the best part. That's, like Joe said, the beginning hooked me. I was like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. This is a 60s (laughs) cat woman. You're like, yeah! Yeah. But, uh... (laughs) the alien thing. Once again, the contrived feminism made me want to hit my head on my desk (laughs) so hard.
0: Mm -hmm. It's really sort of annoying too because like Ed Brubaker, he's not my favorite writer, honestly, but he's not stupid. And neither is Jeff Parker, honestly. Jeff Parker is great. And so these two guys just being like ladies and doing like this performative, like it's basically baby talk for women. Guys, when you do this to women, what they hear is you going, do you like being treated as an equal? Because we don't hear you treating us as equals. We hear you, like, pandering to us, and it's super offensive. Anyways, the whole, like, yes, girlfriend, we all get along here because vagina. Like, that's that's <laughs> a fake thing. That's something you might have heard on the media, but, like, if you know real women, they don't talk like that. And I know they've written real women, so it's just baffling that they're doing it this way. Okay, soapbox, I'm taking it down, back on the ground. Now we're gonna talk about the really bad ones. Actually this isn't even in the worst ones, but Little Bird by Minnie Newell and Lee Garbett was a little bit confusing.
1: I really did not like the portrayal of adult Selena in this story.
0: You didn't like her asking Batman to show her his jewels. <laughs>
1: She'll show her box if he shows his family jewels. Because after all, diamonds are a girl's best friend.
0: That was a lot he said something like oh you got religion because she wanted this jewish item and she's like does the news quip?" i get it he just paid her and so she's on the clock now so she's turning it up but i'm actually disgusted (laughs) sorry
1: (laughs) i was just disgusted by all of that and even him leaving like you can keep to change (laughs)
2: like
1: you left change
0: it was skeevy
1: bruce you're a billionaire and she asked for 75 bucks
0: (laughs) that's what you're you're like you're cheap batman you're cheap (laughs) look at this woman down on her (laughs) luck how dare you i thought you drank respect women juice batman (laughs)
2: It was kind of just sleazy. It was like, what the heck, Batman?
0: Mm, He does make a few cracks at her that are kind of, like, rude.
2: Yeah, like, okay, yeah. She is quipping back at you, laying it on thick with these sexual innuendos. You don't need to retort back. What are you, a five-year-old? You're Batman. You're supposed to be stoic. You're supposed to... every single time she tries to like say anything
1: just supposed to be dark and mysterious
0: ma'am please put your clothes back on when has batman ever said that to catwoman though let's be real
1: this is true usually when they're on rooftops
0: (laughs) all right it's time to go to jail you had your fun (laughs) keep the change It's 75 an hour for me. Oh, well, for me, it's quite a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so it was skeevy. But the whole heart of the plot was that when she was a young lady, she stayed with a widow. She was a moral woman, upright, unyielding in the face of God. And God laughed, and he sent her to hell by sending her to a retirement community. This woman dies alone, and Catwoman returns an item.
2: What exactly was the item? It's the thing that the
1: Jewish people put on the door. That's frame. what I thought
0: it was—the door frame thing that I cannot pronounce because
1: the mezosa. Oh Thank
0: my you. gosh, he knows way more than we gave him credit for. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the thing she steals, and I think she steals it from like a museum or something.
1: It was found somewhere, and it was priceless. Yeah. And it was going to get appraised.
0: Okay, so like the woman in Selena's past, she calls her like her little, was it Chavala? Mm -hmm. She basically calls her her little bird because she refuses to be caged. And she has this thing, this mezuzah. It has like some verses from the Torah consisting of like, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So she says it's passed down from parent to child and she doesn't have a child, so she's going to give it to Selena. Well, it's being appraised, so Selina goes to steal it. Batman comes looking, he doesn't find it, whatever. So Selina pulls it out from a couch cushion, which is where she was hiding it. She ends up giving it back to the woman after she's died and asks that it be buried with her, along with this little note that says, I can't keep this. Some birds can't be caged. It's sort of sweet. I see what they were trying to do. It could have been so cute if it was done correctly, but the way it's performed, it's just kind of grimy.
1: Yeah, I was so taken aback by the adult Selena that I couldn't really feel affected by the flashbacks and the relationship. Well, the
0: relationship is like one one page. Mm -hmm. And they're like, look at this. They knew each other. And then they're like, (laughs) let's spend several pages on this buffoonery. And then we're going to go back to Selena giving it to her the end. There's a little bit of a gap between different scenes, so you don't really understand what's happening or how they connect or why. I don't know. It was just weird and not well thought out, in my opinion.
1: I'm also really not a fan of shaved head Selena.
0: That was like a late edition, and I don't like the interpretation. Like, it's just they always have to throw that extra element in because she's not sexy enough unless they're also victims of sex in some way. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Shaved head Selena is sort of a weird transition for someone who is so effortlessly good at stealing that she has been getting herself out of scrapes since she was a child. Like, how do you go from being, like, this top-notch thief to, like, I guess I got to sell my body because there's nothing else I can do. I don't know. It just seemed a, a departure. Mm-hmm. There was conventional wisdom by Will Pfeiffer and Pia Guerra. This
2: one seemed like it could have been a really fun idea just like an alternate reality or alternate dreamscape with references stuff like that but it was so choppy i did not like this
0: i hated this one so much (laughs) it definitely felt like it was looking at the fans and saying we read your comments we just don't care
1: aren't you glad we're referencing you you're a part of our story mm.
2: i would have liked it if it would have been more like oh this is an alternate version and you're talking to selena kyle the actress of catwoman and seeing all these references to things like that i've seen that done in other media and it gets executed really well and it's funny referential humor i know i think they did it with supernatural like
0: I was just thinking of Supernatural.
2: Yeah. If that's what they were going with, they could have been meta with it, but it just-
1: As soon as it began, you see that she's in a convention and she's having a panel and a signing and stuff with that. I understand that's something Booster Gold would do. <laughs> I understand that's something Wally West has done, but why would Selena? Like, I feel like that would be such a step down for Selena. Yeah. That she feels like she can't get money any other way, so she's going to start appearing at conventions.
0: So, if you haven't read the story, it's basically, Selena appears in a convention, she's completely confused what's happening. This guy is guiding her through the sets, he's like, hold this thing. She's seeing people, like, injured, and nobody else is seeing them, but they're, like, pushing her to be in panels, things are happening around her, she's totally confused the whole time. During these panels, she's sitting next to Batman, Riddler, and Two-Face, and the Joker, all these people in the audience are saying things that you might find on message boards like, When are you gonna bring back purple suited catwoman? Don't you think this is convoluted and the story is terrible? Or I don't know if they said that, maybe I said that. But they were saying like <laughs> the story is almost over in this anthology, they're referencing it. It's supposed to be sort of meta, she's confused, she sees another guy beaten up, she's like, What is going on? This one guy in the audience who looks like Skeletor. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> But what is he? Dr. Nightmare?
1: Dr. Destiny, who showed up in the Justice League cartoon as well.
0: Okay, I do not remember that one. I think I remember a comic with him, though. So he's just like, "Wow, well, you foiled me by stealing my thing that alters reality, and that's what it altered to for you for some reason?
2: It was like a dream.
1: It's because that's his power. He's like a nightmare controller.
2: Yeah, but... Why wasn't he affecting her until that point? It was so weird, unless it was like, oh, she went in to steal it, and it started affecting her, but I don't really know. She breaks the dumb thing.
0: Why did he want her in there?
2: It's never explained,
1: because it just ends with her waking up and then she's ready to fight.
0: Yeah. It's just a weird snippet that didn't match any Mm. story. It was very odd.
2: That's why I was like, alternate reality, it would have still been stupid, but I think it would have been less just like, really?
1: There are people who just cannot do meta yeah and i never really understand meta i'm not really a fan of it i know v is
0: this is bad meta this is really the art listen the faces the people they're great this person yeah that
1: was all good. can't do
0: backgrounds for shit they're (laughs) all like straight lines using the drag tool whatever it's (laughs) real bad but I, I know that conventions aren't pretty places but like coloring art of the background terrible
1: I will say that it's pretty cool to know that Harvey Dent is an artist
0: Oh yeah, he was offering to do a offering sketch. Sketches. <laughs> yeah. He's like unscratched head. I'll do a sketch. Scratched head. It's just a signature. I just want to know
1: if the left side of his brain got activated <laughs> before or after the accident.
0: Yes. Uh, the left side of my head can do art. The other side is analytical. <laughs> Gosh. Actually, it's your right side. Your right side is here. Right? Yeah. Left hand, right side of your brain anyways no the story was great uh in a train wreck kind of way most of the dialogue was this guy trying to tell her the rules of being in a convention of uh don't give away spoilers yada yada do this do that we have to go to the final convention panel here's this and it's like all this really boring stuff that you might hear at a convention and i feel like will pfeiffer is just flexing that he's been in a panel before
2: yeah
1: and then like you know the typical like men questioners at panels
0: oh yeah he's like you weren't in heroes in crisis where were you during all of that like that's a valid question question to
1: this um yeah when are you going to be wearing this costume again?
0: oh yeah they totally invalidated it's like what they did Mm -hmm. in the um the harley quinn tv series where they're like yeah these are the fans aren't they stupid
2: though i will say i've been to a good many panels i've hosted a good many panels and I have seen those guys and there has been one that has followed our panel group around a lot. He would just drag on with questions and questions Mm -hmm. and questions. There are people like that.
0: Oh yeah. I bet it's much worse when you're in a panel because you're like, we have a time limit. We're trying to get through this. But Joe and I have seen that too when we're just at a booth where there are people who are like, I don't really understand that there are people behind me waiting to talk. Mm -hmm. I just want to keep going. I get it. But uh, that was Muse flexing that she has also been in a panel. <laughs> no, it's we a admire con. <laughs> Anyways, it, it's a silly story. It's not the worst one. So the bottom of the barrel has Annisenti. She wrote "Now You See Me," and the art is by Robson Roca and Daniel Henriquez. Anna Senti, I think I've ranted to both of you many times before. This woman is the wackiest Catwoman writer to ever grace DC Comics. That is a claim I will make. There have been many Catwoman writers. <laughs> she is the wackiest one. This woman created a roulette sponsored best thief in the world game where Catwoman had to create a car that could race a bullet train overnight with the help of her friend Tesla, race the bullet train, and she jumps onto the bullet train from the car, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is the most impossible thing Catwoman's done. Bullet trains
1: go as fast as airplanes.
0: She has plot armor. <laughs> At one point, the streets gives way in Gotham and she falls through to the world beneath Gotham, where Duella Dent is running amok. She falls down really far and she's fine. She's just amazing in that way. And so there's a lot of these, like, really wild, insane things happening in that run. Just to give you an idea of who Anna Senti is. She's crazy.
1: She fits perfect in Gotham.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You'd think. But her stories were so (laughs) bizarre. At one point, I think, like, Joker knocks Catwoman out and dresses her.
1: Oh, don't like that.
0: Yeah, he, like, also tries to convince her to date him just to drive Batman crazy. It is a weird thing, so... You were telling me about this! Yeah, and she, like, takes off the outfit, and it's got, like, little bats on the inside. So when she takes it off, it's indelible ink, like, on her skin. And it's just weird. So, I was expecting something wacky when I knew she was writing in this. What we got was a story about two cops. One, obsessed with donuts. She's waxing poetic at the beginning, the blonde cop, of course um is this a red cake donut is it better than the other donut or worse these are the questions we have to ask ourselves and the other guy's like all right just look at the screen and focus on those people because it looks like that might be a domestic dispute i'm gonna go on the roof and he's really trying to distract her because he saw catwoman and wants to steal something he saw her hiding on the roof he and catwoman fight she knocks him off he lands on penguin who we had not seen before now is just at the end mm. of it just oh by the way there's penguin i guess so he lands on an umbrella and then we get back to the other officer and she's just like i'm sure you vanilla or the chocolate donut and you're like woman <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you're the worst security ever
0: she saw her partner land on penguins umbrella and then mm-hmm. she's like hey everyone like go over there we've got a crime in progress and she's like nailed it i'm a hero so (laughs) that was sort of nothing
1: (laughs) and once again the guy may or may not be dead from that fall he's
0: fine it's an umbrella
1: i'm pretty sure there was blood
0: i guess if it was like the spiky (laughs) umbrella then it went right through his back
1: that's what i'm saying i (laughs) I remember seeing the spike i just don't remember if it went through i just don't
0: know why she would throw him off of a building. At one point she's thinking, maybe I should recruit him. It would be nice to have a dirty cop on the take. I don't get it. It was very weird. Mm-hmm. Any additional thoughts, Muse?
2: This one just,
0: what was the point? Cops love donuts, the end. S- yes, that was sort of a dumb one. A Helena by Tom Keene, Mikkel Jennon.
2: Yeah.
0: Second to worst. Surprisingly,
1: not the worst.
0: But shocking. It was so, Tom Keene hates me personally, okay? every button that man can push it's so bad
1: we previewed this story too because we saw it on tumblr well
0: we knew back in the day remember when he like previewed a picture of catwoman standing on the gargoyle in her leather outfit with belly pouch for a nine-month-old baby or whatever Mm Mm-hmm. it's nasty
1: i still want to know a how did the costume fit onto her nine months pregnant and b How did the pregnant nine-month Catwoman get on top of the gargoyle? (laughs)
0: Bruce? (laughs) Bruce, why were you carrying your pregnant wife up to gargoyles? No, but there's like this weirdness about it where it's like Catwoman does not want to be pregnant.
2: Or be tied
1: down. Yeah. But she was fine with getting married.
0: Yeah. So she's cool with Bruce, but she doesn't want to have a baby. Clearly she hasn't been using protection either, so she's not, like, that against having a baby, I guess? So then she's just like, oh, you know, this is a disaster, I'm gonna throw up, and he's like, I've got a bat bucket in the car. It's just a bucket, dot dot dot, with a dot 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 dot, bat on it. It's in the car. I thought, dot dot dot, maybe, dot dot dot, it could make it better. (sighs) Like, sir, why is Batman a child in this? Like, why is Batman a child in everything Tom Keen has ever written?
1: There is a certain point where I'm sure even Batman would say, you are not going out on patrol with me.
0: Exactly. You
1: are well past the second trimester Well, year.
0: remember Tom Keene likes her to be Batman's guardian. She's Batman's substitute mom.
1: She's got two kids to look out for. <laughs>
0: exactly. You know. <laughs> Am I right, ladies?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Also, I swear it's like his kink seeing her pregnant.
0: He's been into it for a while now. I thought he just liked Elena, but I think actually he likes Catwoman fighting pregnant.
2: There's at least like a full page spread of her fighting different villains at different times. Mm-hmm. And pregnant. her
1: stomach is getting it's bigger. so
0: big and she's just waddling around fighting the lizard. It reminded <laughs> me a lot of
1: Spider-Woman, but the difference is Spider-Woman isn't doing all these different acrobatic shit.
0: And she's not doing it for fun. She's not like Catwoman who's like, I gotta be just as good as Batman. I gotta She's help him. She's not trying
1: to prove a point that the pregnancy is not going to stop her.
0: As she basically rolls around because it looks like it's throwing her balance so far off.
2: Yeah. Also, Spider-Woman is pretty near invulnerable. Like, she has super strength and some durability. Like, Selina, if she gets hit really hard in the gut... That is an immediate miscarriage. You are endangering your freaking baby's life because of your stupid pride.
0: Or like how when she finds out she's pregnant, her first reaction is, I'm going to drink a half a million dollar bottle of wine.
1: (laughs) And talking to the baby saying like, your daddy would buy this for me. And then here's blah, 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 blah. He wouldn't buy me this.
0: Because I stole it from a museum. It was weird. (sighs) And then like they draw her like in like this beige I don't even know it's like a weird jumpsuit. I don't know, mm-hmm. do pregnant women wear like bathing suits to bed? <laughs> <laughs> she's just wearing a beige bathing suit to bed and she's just like, "Oh no, I can't have this baby. I changed my mind." He's like, "We have to go to the hospital." And she's like, "No, no. I don't want to go. I'm so scared." And they're having this whole thing where they're talking. Sh-
1: don't forget the bat and cat moment and Oh my yeah.
0: gosh. Yeah.
1: I thought it was at least like when the masks are on but like masks are off i'm pretty sure it's safe to say bruce and selena i don't think they
0: remember
2: each other's names god <laughs> i knew there was a tom king story in here somewhere but immediately as soon as i got to that i was like oh no i'm just shocked
1: well maybe it's because you didn't read as much of no his run as i didn't read as much did. of his run
2: i only read i think the first arc of his rebirth run which isn't really enough to get his style. But then when I read the bubbles that said Bat, Cat, and I thought back on some of the waxing poetically bit, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: I know V picked it up immediately. She smells that. (laughs) It took me, I want to say, at least a second page and I definitely knew as soon as nine months pregnant having a poetry moment on top of a gargoyle because it can't be Tom King without ellipses and poetry. He needs
0: to get his poems out to the world. No one will (laughs) get him attention unless he puts them in Batman's lips.
1: But this time it was Selena's lips.
0: Stay away from Selena, Tom. So, yeah, so they're doing that. And then when she has the baby, she's talking to the baby. She's like, you're so lucky. When I cried, my mom wasn't there. My mom died. Yeah, when you were like 12. (laughs) You have a younger sister. Even if they did age it down, she still has to give birth to the younger sister. So you were not missing your mom as a baby (laughs) i don't know there's always that one thing where it's like did you know anything about this character tom when you started writing anyways yes you know how i feel about tom Keene. had to do a little rant every page a new surprise with that man i can relate i know we will not say the b word okay (laughs) let's wrap this up the last and what we all voted was the worst comic in this whole anthology was a cat of nine tails by liam sharp so dumb Uh. so catwoman is facing a guard and he's in her path he has a gun on her so she's trying to talk him down she gives him nine different ways that this could end and i mean it's basically like well this could happen or that could happen or this could happen that would be great for three of them these are three options that could happen to you and she shows each one in each panel the entire comic is her going this could happen or this could happen or this could happen goes on for nine different times until she ends with or i could kill you and then he faints and that's the story
1: and it sucks
0: it's just a non-story it's just catwoman monologuing i loved it so talented way to go
1: for me personally out of all of the anniversary things that we've gotten so far starting with action comics a thousand for the longest time we all agreed detective comics was the worst mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i would honestly put this after detective comics yeah i want to say there were at least three or four stories that i thought were better than passable in detective
0: it's weird because i can't remember liking that many stories in detective
1: I can't remember a lot of them. I remember the Kevin Smith one, I remember the Jeff Johns one, and I remember the one with Detective Chimp.
0: Oh, the Detective Chimp one was okay.
1: Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember liking at least four of them out of the 14 stories in that compared to the possible three that we picked here.
0: I just like the Tinian story. I was connected to that one in the Detective one, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I hated detective so much. But the thing is, when I picked up Catwoman, I already kind of knew what I was going to see. So I wasn't horribly disappointed when there was a lot of bad stories in it.
1: I will say the pinups throughout and seeing all the different versions of Selena throughout the decades, that was cool to see. Agreed. I liked that they started doing that with Flash and then kept it going.
0: Yeah, I kind of think there was better art in the uh, wedding special.
1: I didn't read that at all, oh. well, so I, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, the wedding special was pretty. You just have to ignore all the poetry once again. But yeah, so like that's basically where we're at with the Catwoman one. It was was Mm -hmm. fun to commiserate between the three of us because we don't all usually read the same stuff. So it was nice that we all got to be on the same page. And when we made our list, we kind of were all on the same page about which ones were good and which ones were bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gotta say it's extremely validating. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do a palette cleanser. We're going to talk about the DC Comics out this week. Joe, would you like to give those to us?
1: Yeah, sure. So for DC Comics out this week, we have Batman 92, which was pretty good. Batman the Adventure Continues number <gasps> one. So this has already been out, but this is the first week that is printed. Before it was digital. It's already currently on four issues, I think.
0: Nice. So if you're a collector, this is the time.
1: Yeah, and I really want to get the variants of these because they're really good. Um, we had Batman's Grave number seven, Batman's Secret Files number three. I knew there was one I forgot to read. <laughs> then we have Flash 755. It's really good. I highly recommend it before Joshua Williamson is off the run. Mm. Harley Quinn 73, they're apparently pushing Harley Quinn and Booster Gold into a relationship.:
0: Odd uh yeah,
2: so that's something. no <laughs> mm-hmm. no especially after uh what
0: was heroes, it? In heroes crisis? and crisis yeah that was like
2: the worst like <laughs> yeah
0: you both stand in your corners you're not gonna be together ever again no, i get it
2: ted cord w- <laughs> would be appalled that his friend would be dating harley quinn like
0: Everybody would be, Everybody adult, would be
2: <laughs> I think Ted Court is rolling in his grave right now like you No, he's alive. Well, he's alive now. Huh. He's been
1: alive since rebirth.
2: Corey, go smack your friend upside the head like buddy. So. Uh.
1: But we also have the Joker 80th 100 page super special spectacular whatever the hell it's called. I will say I read this today and i enjoyed this a lot more than a Catwoman, one. which is hilarious because it. we
0: thought yeah we were like oh I'll give this one a miss because so many of us dislike joker on principle
1: like i like him as a villain i will say that he's one of batman's top villains and like i said i am a huge fan of mark hamill's joker
0: of course he's the best one
1: yeah, I will say the first two stories sold me right away. I really love them. They were from Scott Snyder and James Tinian. They were really, really good. And I would really recommend at least getting to read those. The rest, it does start to teeter off down after that. But I would definitely put it before Catwoman on my uh, ranking list of all the anniversary things.
0: Damn, good to know.
1: And then... uh Justice League 46, you got to see Wonder Woman be a badass leader with the League. It was awesome to see. Justice League Honesty 21, I keep feeling like every issue they're going to start ending the run soon (laughs) because there's so much happening. Legion of Superheroes number 6, the introductory issue of the Gold Lantern, Uh. which is apparently also part of the Legion of Superheroes and everybody knew except for Superboy. Lois Lane number 11 I honestly have no idea what's going on in that story anymore but this was the second to last issue of it and then Nightwing 71 which is setting up Joker War as well and it was really good I am a huge fan of Dan Jurgens.
0: yeah Dan <laughs> Juergens
1: that's it that's it for uh, DC this week
0: before we go into Marvel comics that are out this week Black Cat 11 is incredible And it is Mm -hmm. such a palate cleanser. I'm sorry that you didn't get to read it, Muse, because it's basically Catwoman, if it was good. It's how
1: Catwoman should be. It is.
0: And Mm -hmm. here's why. Black Cat is having the time of her life. It's Ocean's Eleven all the time with her, 24-7. She's uh, hitting above her weight class. She takes on Iron Man in this issue. Oh, wow. um, By going undercover as a redhead. (laughs) she goes undercover as a journalist in a science magazine who criticizes him for being a coward in the field of technology they have these flashbacks to them setting up the whole um, grift because she is a grifter as much as she is like a thief so she's pulling off this con right? and it takes a bunch of people to do and while she's setting up her virtual background, she's laughing hysterically. She's like, he's gonna hate being called a coward. Laughing to the sky. And then the next panel, you see her call him a coward to his face, and Tony Stark's face <laughs> is the greatest.
1: It's like, a coward? A coward.
0: <laughs> just sewing. <laughs> so they have a lot of that juxtaposition, which can get really cheesy, but for some reason it never does in Black Cat. Because she is having such a good time being chaotic. She breaks into Stark Industries, and they show how impossible it is. And the way she does it is so clever, so complicated, but so easy to follow, because they just walk you through it effortlessly. No wasted space. The action scenes are crisp and fun. She's not violent, but she is intelligent with how she does things, and her quips are beautiful.
1: She learned from Peter, after all.
0: Song is Sanka still doing the art? I think so, but he has gotten better.
2: I guess it might have been because he was so used to Runaways,
0: because mm.
2: his art in Runaways is like really good, and he works in tandem very well with. The colorist so maybe it was like a mix between like oh i'm not used to this colorist or this colorist isn't used to how my art style is so
0: Kinda, yeah because like the coloring used to be like so smooth and uncomfortable no actually artist on this one was cf okay it looked familiar so i thought it was him but it's not color artist was brian reber but this art is good and the story is really great she makes tons of quips about redheads. She really hates redheads.
1: I mean, understandably so. <laughs> she believes
0: they're all out to get her. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say,
1: Paramus, New Jersey isn't that bad. <laughs> she makes a whole giant rant about it in the first two pages. I knew you were going to complain. It's not that bad. Listen, half of it, yes, I can understand. I know. I've driven in it. I've lived next to it. I understand. On the weekends, Route 17, Route 4, absolutely terrible. Understandably so. But it's not that bad Joe, of a whole place.
0: She was insulting New Jersey as a whole, and she got called out for it. It's fine. Your honor is not sullied, you baby. <laughs> that was so funny. I, bet I was reading I am like, I bet Joe hated that. Anyways, the quips were top notch, the art was great, the story is wonderful. Catwoman writers should study Jed McKay and maybe DC should hire him. I'm just saying. Alright, <laughs> so if you do get the blues from reading the current Catwoman run, or Catwoman Spectacular, or even the Catwoman in Tinian's run, <laughs> then you will be delighted by Black Cat 11. There, that's my mini trailer. So, Muse. Would you like to read off the rest of the Marvel comics that came out this week?
2: So, besides Black Cat 11, we also had Daredevil 20, Deadpool 5, Excalibur number 10, which I skimmed through and tried to read and noticed I'm at least an issue or two behind. Due to, like, the COVID stuff, I completely forgot to read this. Totally understandable. I was confused by a lot of it, and I'm still confused, but at the same time, not shocked So, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 17,
0: and New Mutants
2: number 10, which I have never read.
0: All right, we on to comic news, Joe? Are you ready?
1: I'm so ready. I've been ready since Tuesday. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Tell us all the gossip, Joe.
1: Okay. So, as you all know, Action Comics, Superman, Young Justice, Legion of Superheroes, Event Leviathan, all written by the same evil man. Right. Brian Knucklebendis. Apparently, last week, did a podcast interview. With this guy, David Harper, off-panel podcast. Bendis stated in this that he is heading towards the end of his tenure as writer on Superman and action comics.
0: Wow. I thought it was just Superman.
2: Well, I know Legion of Superheroes is 6 or 12.
1: It's gotta be twelve because issue six—they just left everything open about questions.
2: So that's gonna be coming to an end, regardless, because it's supposed to right. end. I think Event Leviathan's gonna be another mini series. Mm-hmm. But what I am concerned about is they only mentioned Superman in Action Comics. Is his grubby little hand still gonna be on Young Justice?
1: As far as we know, but what's unclear about this because Bendis just said that he's heading towards the end this could mean it's six months away it could be a year away it can be even longer than that because as we know bendis does have a habit of writing insanely long scripts Mm -hmm. and talking about the ending not so much about what happens between the beginning and the end
0: oh my gosh yeah because of all the filler it's like his Mm -hmm. entire run is filler Mm -hmm.
1: exactly and so people's Questions are, what's the time stamp on his end here? Is it going to be a couple months? Is it going to be longer? Is it going to happen when the 5G initiative kicks up? Anything's possible. People are also worried that he may just be leaving Superman and Action Comics the same way he left Daredevil many years ago. It was just so broken for the next writer to pick it up Mm. and just had to repair all the damage that was done to that person.
0: Remember when that guy was talking about how he will pick up someone else's toys and then break them and give them back and the fans just don't (laughs) like that? Oh my gosh. It's like, we love these toys. Please stop breaking them, you know?
1: (sighs) But yeah, that was my insanely good news. That made my Tuesday so much better holding out hope that it's going to be somewhere around the six month mark
2: it could be longer because i know when tom king when they pulled him off early it was at least
1: it was 15 issues off his schedule yeah
2: but he still had at least like a year or so Mm. of content so i have a feeling like the bend is coming to an end thing i think he said the same thing for like miles or something and it lasted three years
1: Apparently, he wrote 150 issues of Miles Morales, and the main plot didn't happen until issue 100. Yeah. Something like that. But we also have a bunch of stuff coming in September. So, Detective Comics 1027 is going to be an anniversary issue because this is the first appearance of Batman. Now, everybody knows that we just had Detective Comics 1000. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not the thousandth issue with Batman.
0: Oh my gosh. They're just really milking these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really are. So
1: this is the first appearance of Batman Anniversary. You have a bunch of team-ups here. We have Greg Rucca and Eduardo Riso. We have Grant Morris and Chris Burnham, Tom King and Walt Simonson, Tinian and Riley Rossman, which I'm definitely interested in. Oh see. my gosh. Tomasi and Brad Walker. Dan Jurgens. He doesn't have an artist tied to his name, so I'm wondering if he's doing the words and the art. So I'm pretty excited for that because he did a lot of the art as well for the 90s Superman run, and it looks really good. Marv Wolfman and Emmanuel Lupicino, and Bill uh, Sienkiewicz, Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez, Mariko Tamaki, Dan Mora, Scott Snyder and Ivan Reyes, which is an amazing team up. I cannot wait to see that. We have Kelly Sue DeConnick and John Romita Jr., and Klaus Janssen, and then we have Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky.
0: Interesting. Yes,
1: Zdarsky is taking a little break from Marvel to write a story for Batman. Hmm.
0: Also, Mariko Tamaki, I feel like I have fond memories of her. What did she write?
1: I have no idea.
0: (laughs) I'm
2: actually kind of pumped for some of these. Okay, the spacing between Action Comics and Detective Comics 1000 was a good year or so. This year, we get Wonder Woman, The Flash, Robin, Catwoman, Joker.
1: This we're also getting Green yeah, Lantern. Yeah, there's
2: there's a bunch of these like anniversary things and you're like, you're just milking it at this point. You were giving us quantity over quality with about half of these because Action Comics I think was actually really well done. We've
1: all agreed that Action Comics was the top one so far. Because
2: everyone put so much heart into it because it was the Mm -hmm. first one that they were doing. Artists did a good job. Writers did an incredible job. There was a couple, like, small hit or misses. But then Detective kind of went bloop. It Mm -hmm. dropped pretty far in quality. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm curious to see Rucka's take on Gotham. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've only seen him work with Metropolitans, just like Tomasi. Grant Morrison, I'm curious. Tinya and Riley Rossmo, I really want to see how that pair-up is going to work. Mm-hmm. I, of course, want to see Dan Jurgens. Yeah. I want to see Marv Wolfman. I want to see how David Marquez's art is going to work with Bendis' horrible writing. I don't. <laughs> because as we know, David Marquez, who did the art for Batman Superman, the first six issues, really good. And uh, I already have a feeling Kelsey DeConnick and John Romina Jr.'s is going to suck because of the art oh. and possibly the writing. But that's just me. On to the next <laughs> We got a Joker War preview. A one page showing Orphan and Stephanie Brown, spoiler, fighting off some of those Joker's goons. We also got a preview of the variant covers for Joker War. And we see Cassandra Kane's possible return of Batgirl. Oh yeah.
2: I'm so which happy.
1: so many people are excited for people have been tweeting at james tinian saying is this real james and he just responded with a simple gif of homer simpson twiddling his thumbs and whistling
2: <laughs> that's a yes from tinian when tinian doesn't say no that's a yes that's nice i've talked to him you can tell when he's like withholding <laughs> mm-hmm when I was talking about his detective run and about Batman, this is before he announced he was getting onto Batman. Even Joe was like, yeah. you could <laughs> tell he was wanted to just be like, okay, come here really quickly.
1: I am so excited to see Cass as Batgirl again. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this orphan mm-hmm. thing. And the last bit of news that we have, Suicide Squad number nine by Tom Taylor is going to have the death of Deadshot. Apparently, the Task Force X is going to try and assassinate Ted Kord because Ted Kord has been behind a lot of their bounties. Now, Deadshot Floyd Lawton has been with the Suicide Squad since its very first issue back in the 80s, and he is the one character that has never left the team. So, Tom Taylor has confirmed this.
0: he's such a dick
1: the way he writes he's like i mean when the introduction of my series first came out we did say nothing is going to end well and everybody commented oh yeah right like deadshot is gonna die well (laughs) yeah
2: well he has died in the cw verse because of legality reasons
0: well but didn't tom saylor say something a little bit more testosterone fueled like this is what you get when you test me
1: yeah, he's like, this is what happens when you try to poke
0: See, him. this is why Tom gets confused with Tom Keene because they both say things <laughs> like this. Honestly, like, whenever I see Tom Taylor talking, I'm like, I hate this guy. But then I read his stuff, and I'm like, I love him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I picked up the first issue of his Suicide Squad, and it is exactly how you imagine a Tom Taylor story to go. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of violence. I still feel like he's pretty good at a continuity. I know a lot of people were also hoping he would be writing Green Arrow and Black Canary mm. title because he also just released a little bit of news that he is going to be coming out with a black label John Constantine Hellblazer comic in a couple months.
0: Very much up his alley. Yeah. This is like a perfect mm. match. But people were also <laughs> suggesting that he bring along Otto Schmidt as the artist.
1: Yeah, for Green Arrow. I mean, I've seen that and it's great. He's
0: a great artist for it. That's like great fan Mm -hmm. pick if only the fans could actually hire people (laughs) you have no say as tom taylor would like to tell you (laughs) but it's a lot of good news it's more good news than bad news so at least (laughs) in the comics world so that's pretty much all we had i hope you guys enjoyed this episode next weekend we will be reviewing i don't even remember how to say this movie please joe help me
1: justice league dark apocalypse war there you
0: go A mouthful. We're going to share that one with you guys next week. I hope you guys like it. We are not used to reviewing movies, so it's going to be chaotic. Pretty much like us always. So... (laughs) If you want to see more chaos, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Court of Outlets. Let us know which comic you want us to cover next week. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.